This is the new LOL podcast, and I am Karen Stewart. My goal is to challenge you, motivate, and encourage you to live your life boldly as a Christian out loud. Do me a favor. If you find anything of value, any motivation, any encouragement, help me spread the word like this. Share it on all your channels. And thanks for listening. Let's get started. As much as I know that Jesus was fully God, I also know that he was fully clothed in human flesh. And the convergence of those two entirely different beings just mystifies me when I sit and think about it. He himself is the God for whom and by whom all things were created. And that creation has from the beginning of time rejected and rebelled against him. And yet he has never changed who he is. Adam and Eve at the very beginning in the garden created in the image of God himself. And a serpent who Adam and his wife were given the authority to rule over. And they choose to believe and come into agreement with that liar against the God who created them. And then after Israel became a nation, God gave them very specific instructions about what he wanted from them and how he expected them to live. In Exodus 20, he laid out the law, which was the foundation of his covenant with them as a people. And after they failed and all the adults died in the wilderness, Deuteronomy is the repetition of that law as the next generation was about to enter the land that was promised to them. By 1 Samuel chapter 8, this same nation decided that they no longer wanted God to be their ruler and king. They completely rejected him and wanted a human king like all the other nations who were around them. Even though Samuel told them how their lives would be changed forever and how they would suffer, they no longer wanted to be subjected to the law and rule of the God who created them. And those very kings that they asked for led them on an endless cycle of rebellion. Yet, they would cry out to God again and again, and he would deliver them until he did not. And then fast forward 400 years from the end of the Old Testament narrative to the New Testament, and it's time for the fulfillment of God's promise by sending Jesus the Messiah in the flesh. Generation after generation had heard that he was coming. It was a promise that they were all supposedly waiting to see come to pass. And when he does come, he is again utterly rejected by the very ones to whom he has been sent. Remember that John chapter 1 says that Jesus was in the beginning with God. So he witnessed the entire arc of history and the behavior of these people that had been set apart as heirs of the covenant. Not only that, Isaiah 46.10 says clearly that he knows the end from the beginning. So he knew before coming how this entire story would play out. And still he came. And in the midst of suffering unimaginable cruelty, beard ripped out, Flesh torn from his bones. Isaiah said in chapter 52 that his face was marred 
more than any other man. As he is approaching the end and nearing his last breath, he utters the most incomprehensible words I could ever imagine. Luke records it in chapter 23, verse 34. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. That whole scene of Jesus on the cross, you've heard me say it before, is often more than I can even think about. Just because of the brutality and the betrayal of it all. But can you imagine going through all of that and praying for those very people in his final moments? That is the God that we serve. And because he was at once both God and man, he was also our example. He lived the picture of what he expected us to do and how he expected us to respond at all times. Forgiveness is a funny thing. When we experience unfairness or injustice of any kind, especially at the mouth or hands of another Christian, it's hard to see beyond our own grief and pain to the real instigator behind it all, which is Satan himself. But when we keep in the forefront of our mind that our battle is never against flesh and blood, it moves us to compassion, even for the ones who have caused us the greatest pain. I don't know about you, but I am often aware that my behavior does not always align with God's expectation of me. And I am also aware that he is always ready and willing to forgive. But how much is enough? How many times are we supposed to forgive people, our brothers, when they sin against us? We've all heard it before, Matthew 18, 22. 70 times 7. That's, that's just a whole bunch. But listen, check this out. Right now, there is a great deal of division, discord, and disagreement within the body of believers about a number of things. From political to social to relationships and spiritual and everything in between. And as a result, we have seen family against family, brother against brother, spouses against spouses, parents against children. And all of this is within the family of God. Out of the same mouth, we both bless God and curse each other. And these things really should not be so. I don't know if any of you are navigating any such areas right now, but I just want to remind you, Living Out Loud is about more than just talking about Jesus to other people we come in contact with. The whole world is watching the church right now, the Christians, and they are watching how we treat each other and how we reflect the nature and character of the God we serve. Forgiveness is definitely not easy, but if we are unwilling to address the areas of our life where we have allowed offense to enter in, we will be in full agreement with Satan and partner with him in and against the lives of others. I am not dismissing anyone and their poor or unacceptable behavior. What I am saying is that God is righteous and just and he can be trusted to deal with all things in his own time and in his own way. It does not mean that we or others will not have consequences for our behavior and for our choices. It just means that we make the decision 
to give our offenders the gift that they often never ask for and rarely, if ever, earn or deserve. That's what God has done throughout the entire arc of history with his people, and that is what he requires of us today. The world is watching us, family, to see if this love and this transformed life that we claim is real. And it's time for us to bear our own cross, to lay down our lives, and to let our actions reflect a life completely surrendered to God so he can live through us boldly every day. Out loud.